Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Second, literally, they put down Miami at round one of the NCAA Better place, <laughs> one show at a time. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. <laughs> All right. Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. Thank you. It is a beautiful day in the city of Chicago. I'm here in my studio, and I have this great big-ass window in front of me, and it's sunny, it's bright, it just—it looks like summer outside, but it doesn't quite feel like it. Anyway, I guess I'm just saying here that it is beautiful outside. It's it's beautiful looking, okay? People are out and about and doing this and doing that. You know, it's just great. It's great to be alive. It's great to be here with you. It's great to know that you're out there somewhere listening. And that is uh, uh, a blessing in, in so many ways. And the George Wilder Jr. Show is now uh, is on the air. We're going to be, I think, four or five years um, in August, August 2018. We're going to uh, um, be, on, uh, be here for uh, four years, almost four years. Yeah, and uh, actually, I've been doing this all my life, so you know, <laughs> four years of this, four years of this, and, and in some cases, four years uh, uh, broadcasting, directing, and producing the show. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been it's been fun, and it and it continues to be fun, and I continue to enjoy it, enjoy it because I meet so many beautiful and lovely and wonderful people doing this, and um, I just love it. I love it. The guests, the callers, even if we don't see eye to eye on a lot of things, uh, there's nothing worth uh, debate. I, I don't want to debate people. I just, you know, give me your opinion, your thoughts, your story, 
and we'll take it from there. I don't uh, too much want to be debating about anything. You know, we'll just talk. Just like so many other talk show hosts, radio, television, you know, they don't debate. Most of them don't debate. They just have guests on their show to give their opinion, their thoughts, talk about their book or whatever. And that and that's another thing. If you have a book you want to talk about, you know, fiction, nonfiction, uh, out there somewhere on Amazon at Barnes and Noble or Books a Million, wherever you got it uh, on your you know. And if you want to talk about it, uh, this is the place for you. Just uh, hook me up, email me, and call or whatever you want to do, and we'll see if you can if I can't get you on the show, and uh, you can tell us all about your book, uh, 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 promote your book. You know, there are, this is totally unbelievable, but there are authors out there, people who have written books, who have them published. They are available, but you have some authors who do not want to talk about their work. They don't want, uh, some may say, well, I'm nervous. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, You know, some people, you know, they're nervous. They don't want to come on. They don't want to talk about it. And then you got some people who are just blatantly I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to say anything about it. No, I don't want to be on because I don't want to talk about it. My thing is, why write a book if you don't want to talk about it? If you don't want to tell people it's there, why write it? I mean, because if you don't want anybody to know about your book or about what you do and what you do is important and people should know, then why are you doing it? Why are you wasting your time being creative when you don't want anybody to know that you're creative? When you don't want even you don't want nobody to know that you've got something out there that they might like. Uh, it's just beyond me. But there's folks out there who uh, who are like that. But but there is overwhelmingly so many authors out there who want to get their work out, who wants to talk about it, who want to be interviewed, who want the world to know that they have talent, they are creative, they are ambitious. They have they're goal oriented, you know. So, but there's there's a few people, a handful of people. I'm gonna say they just don't see it that way, and that's cool. That's fine. I mean, if that's if they do not want to tell anybody about their work, or if they don't want anybody to know that they're they have talent or they're they're creative, if they want to keep that a secret, if they want to keep that hidden, that is totally up to them because it's their life. Not yours, not mine. If they want to want to hide what they do, let them hide it. But if you have a novel out there, um, once again, if you have a novel or a novel, whether fiction or fiction, and you want to get it, um, you want to promote it, you want to say something about it, you want people to hear about it, um, call me. Uh, get in touch with me. I'm the producer. I'm the director of the show. I'm the one who sets everything up. I, people will say, George, why don't you have a, a real producer? Uh, uh, why would I hire somebody to do something that I can do? And that's what's happening, I think, to too many people out here in in the world. They hire people to do things that they can do themselves. I love producing the show. I'm the one who puts everything together, the music and all that kind of stuff, and you know, and the guests and all this. I'm the booker. I'm the <laughs> I'm the one who does the booking and all that kind of thing. Um, why? And it's so much fun to be doing everything. It is. It's it's not a lot of work. I mean, doing this uh, internet radio show is it, very 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 easy. Maybe that's why I, I you know, stuck at it uh, a long time. 
Uh, and that's one of the things I'd rather do internet radio than to do over the air radio or or traditional radio, as some people call it, because that way I don't have any bosses. I have no one looking over my shoulder, no one saying, George, don't say this, don't say that, don't do not have this person on your show, do not have that person on your show. Uh, uh, your arrangements are all wrong. We shouldn't have that music up there. You shouldn't be talking about that. You shouldn't have those uh, um, sayings, uh, motivational uh, sayings that you have on your marquee. You shouldn't be doing any of that. I don't have the bottom line is, folks, uh, I'm free to do what I want to do, say what I want to say, how I want to say it. I don't have to have a producer or, or somebody who's micromanaging uh, everything. You here on the George Wilder Jr. Show is because of me. And I'm not bragging about that. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I do it all because I think I can do it a lot better than anybody else can do it. And I don't need to be paying a lot of people money to do something that I can do. Why do that? And especially when it's fun. <laughs> Why do that? You know? But, you know, I, I understand some radio hosts, some show hosts, they have producers. They got, uh, when you have a producer, a producer sets up everything. He sets up the guests. He sets up the station. He sets, and basically the host of the show, all they have to do is just sit down and just go for it. Compute, the producer does everything, and all you have to do is just sit there. But any, at any rate, uh, I'm the producer, and I'm proud to be the producer of the George Wilder Jr. show because uh, – I want it the way I want it. I don't want, I don't need to be arguing or, or, or because there's disagreements or anything, but um, I just like doing things myself. If I feel that I can't do it myself, then maybe I will hire somebody to, to do it or to help me do it or, or somebody with more experience who knows a little bit more about it than I do. But until then, the George Wilder Jr. Show is a sole property of George Wilder Jr. And Blog Talk Radio is just giving me the uh, platform to do it from. It's great when you do not have a boss. It's great when you are your own boss. And I've been telling people, I've been on the show for a couple of years now, telling people, do it for yourself. I have a little... I have, I think I have a book out there called Do It For Yourself. It's not quite a book. It's a few pages, but it, it's it's very, very uh, informative. It's called Do It For Yourself. It's, I think I've written it two or three years ago, but it's it still, it still stands up today. Do It For Yourself. Um, I think Pitbull is on the cover of it. <laughs> okay, but anyway, if you can do things for yourself, do it for yourself. Why pay? or be bothered with other people uh, uh, when they really don't have the talent to do it. And if you know that you can do it, if you can do something yourself, do it. Don't waste your money or your time uh, going to do um, hiring someone who may just make it a lot worse than you, <laughs> you would. I mean, why would you hire, hire somebody to make your book a lot worse when you can do that on your own? You know, but it's it's up to the person. If you feel that you need a producer, if you feel that you need help with something and you have the money to, to hire someone to help you, do it, you know. But if you if you should have a bad experience at that, then you know that you have to 
actually learn a few things yourself and try to deal with your own because I, because it's nothing like being your own boss. It is nothing like that, folks. I mean, if you've been working for somebody for years and years and years and suddenly you become your own boss, I mean, it's like dying and going to heaven. It, it, it's, it's really a game changer. It re- and you find yourself in a position that you're the boss, you're the manager. I mean, you're the one who has to go out here and hire employees to, to help you out once you become successful. It is nothing like that. I mean, I mean, I've worked for a lot of people, and some of the people I worked for were great people. Some of them, a lot of them, were just awful. And and when you're working for someone for 30 and 40 years, all of a sudden you're out of a job, then what? You know, uh, I think I think everybody who has some kind of business uh, background or, or, or know that they can probably open up a business somewhere and be successful, do it. Do it. You know, a lot of people don't have the money, the startup cash to do that. But if you do, if you think you can do it, if you know that you can do it, do it. It's nothing like being your own boss. Uh, give up that nine to five if you can. But a lot of people can't. I understand that. I mean, a lot of people have rent to pay. They have car notes to pay. They have a house notes to pay. And they they can't give up that nine to five. They may have kids in college or, you know, or small children and they have to have that nine to five. But there is nothing wrong with if you have a nine to five job, there's nothing wrong with having a nine to five job if that's all you can do. And majority of the people are middle class. So but um, if, if you're young and you're starting off, the best thing to do is to look to the future and try to imagine yourself in your own business doing your own thing no one telling you what to do no one telling you how to do it no one breathing down your neck no one threatening you uh no one calling you into the office and and reprimanding you for doing something or or not doing something uh because you got a lot of these supervisors and managers who are just assholes they they have a little power and they try to abuse it and they do abuse it and they look at you and they say, wow, you need a job. If, you, if they know that you need a job, they're going to uh, try to taunt you, pick at you, and bully you because they know that you need that job to pay your bills, feed your family, pay, pay your rent, house note, or whatever, car, car note. They know it, so they, try, they start to treat you badly. Now, this doesn't happen in every workplace. It just might be a few. I'm not talking in generalities here, you know, but if you can... If you're out there, you have the strength, you have the know-how, you have the skills, you have the thinking power, you have the ambition, open up your own business. Leave the nine to five alone. Leave the nasty bosses, the nasty supervisors, the nasty managers, leave them behind. But if you can't leave them, I understand that. But one of the ways that you can start your own business, be your own person, is when you do get a nine-to-five job, put some money away. If it's just $20 or $40 or $100 a week or every two weeks, put some money away. Build toward owning your own business one day. You can even invest your money. It may even grow there. But put some money away. Most banks... um, you, you earn interest on your money. Put your money away. 
you know, and you work for uh, five, 10 years and your money grows. And that could be your uh, startup cash for your business. Of course, if you want to get a bank bank loan, uh, that's possible. That's possible. All you got to do is just drop a business plan. Some banks don't even accept business plans anymore. You tell them, uh, I mean, if, you, if you're borrowing money from the bank, the, the, one of the things, the most things the bank is going to want to know, if you're borrowing money, one of the things that they want to know, I'm repeating again, is how are you going to pay them back? I mean, that, that's the thing about banks. And plus, you're going to pay them back with interest. They, they want to know how in the hell are you going to pay them back. And your business plan would tell them how you're going to pay them back. Because most banks uh, rely on something similar or a business plan in order for you to get that loan to start up that business. Um, so, you know, I mean, it, for example, if you're going to if you if your uh, business plan includes opening up a pizza shop or uh, or a shoot store, you know, people love pizza. OK, you're going to get your money there. You know, you know, people are going to have to buy shoes. <laughs> you got to get uh, something like that, that and a bank is going to love that, especially, and then they might ask you, what location uh, will your business be located in? So you want to locate your business in an area where there are lots of people, you know, a few people, and uh, you want to put your pizza business in an area where you know uh, people are going to be walking into your shop, your store, and um, purchasing a slice of pizza or something, or a whole pizza, or, you know, a couple of pizzas. And you could have pizza delivery, because there's one thing about pizza. Uh, some people, well, pizza, pizza, I don't like pizza. But people eat pizza. There's millions of dollars in in pizza, in selling pizza, okay? People just eat pizza, for some reason, even I eat pizza. My family eats pizza. <laughs> Everybody eats pizza. You can open up a pizza shop, or, or or any or anything you want. It doesn't have to be a pizza shop. It could be a hamburger, or a, a hot dog stand, or whatever. I mean, people just uh, something related to food. A deli, you know, something that's related to food. Make sandwiches. People love that. People get off work. The first thing they <laughs> people get off of a uh, hard day's work. I mean, they get off and, you know, it's in the evening. And the first thing they're going to do is uh, head on over to the deli and get a couple of sandwiches, you know, and, or or hot dogs or, or whatever, you know, they and a snack or something, you know. Um, but I know that there's a lot of people out there who can't afford to get into business to get to get into a business of their own because if they did they wouldn't be working for someone else and then you have a lot of people working for someone else they don't even know that they there's a possibility of them you know breaking out and getting out on their own you know so you know i mean whatever <laughs> whatever uh um whatever you can do but it's nothing like working for yourself and i do enjoy it I do enjoy working for myself because I get to do everything, everything I want to do. I get to do it my way, you know, and um, as, and so far it's been pretty good. You know, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm ne 
never going to do some of the things that you guys are doing to make a living. But as of now, it's great. And for the last, it's been great, even longer than that in some cases. You know, so all I'm saying is if, if, you're, if you're tired of the nine to five and you, if you're capable and able to open up your own business, do it. It's nothing like that. It's nothing like that. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. You are always responsible for how you act, no matter how you feel. Motivational coach Reginald Walton would be on the show today. He should have. I've, I've just got through talking a little bit about motivation. And uh, be nice to one another. It is so easy. Be nice to one another out there. It is so easy. Even though the world right now is going through all kinds of um, mess garbage uh, and we have to do everything we can to make the world a better place and change our leadership and do a lot of things and if you like to show leave some leave comments you know always leave comments tell me what you think and even if it's not um, kosher but uh, and always go by and stop by amazon.com and check out some of the writings i've done Uh, a lot of the things that i've written does not pertain to anything to the show. You know, I mean, I've, I've written fiction. I've written a lot of fiction. I got one or two, uh, I think I got one or two books up there that are, uh, uh, nonfiction. I think I have a, uh, a, sh- a novelette up there. That's, and when I say novelette, I mean something between, um, 20,000 and 40,000 words or something to that effect. And, um, Yeah, um, but basically I've written uh, fiction. I like fiction because I can make things up. I like to make things up. And I've had people read my fiction and said, George, this sounds like this is true. (laughs) I said, it's fiction. I don't know anything about it. This sounds like it is true. If it says fiction, it's fiction. You know, it's it's a made-up story. It's something I conjured up. Uh, or I could have interviewed people for, or I researched it. If it sounds like it's, yeah, because I do research a lot of the stuff I I write, and sometimes I just write, you know, and just I write from memory. I write from this a lot, but however, a lot of the things that I do write, they do have, there is some truth in some of the uh, paragraphs and lines, uh, sentences that I write, but. Overall, it's fiction. I mean, you know, it's fiction. Like Cold-Blooded Bullet, for instance. It, it's a novella, novelette, and uh, <laughs> it's totally fiction. Okay. All right. Um, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. We will be be back. We're going to do what we're going to do. Okay, we'll do this, and we will be back. Thanks for tuning in, folks.
afternoon. Our breaking news this hour, Special Counsel Robert Mueller has subpoenaed the Trump Organization now to turn over documents, including some related to Russia. Now, this is all according to the New York Times, and it marks the first known time that Mueller has requested documents directly related to the president's businesses. Our Jessica Schneider is with us, as well as Jeff Zeleny standing by. I want to start with you, Jeff, as we're getting ready for a press briefing at the White House. This news just comes out. What do we know? Well, we do know, of course, at least uh, the New York Times is reporting that, uh, you know, there is a subpoena that is going out to the Trump Organization really for the first time. This would be going after uh, business records uh, directly, the Trump Organization, as they relate to uh, Russia, certainly signaling that this, A, investigation is far from over, as the president has been uh, hoping it would be, and B, showing that it is going even uh, more at the heart of uh, the uh, Trump Organization and closer to the president. Uh, so that's what we know for now. We'll, of course, uh, be looking for White House reaction at that briefing, as you said, coming up this hour. And, of course, our, our Washington team is all going fast and furious right now, trying to confirm more of the information the New York Times reporting. But, Jessica, um, this comes on the heels of sanctions announced today against Russia for their election meddling. It also uh, is giving us more insight into the Mueller probe. Put it into context for us. Anna, we have seen just how wide-ranging this probe is from the special counsel, Robert Mueller. As Jeff mentioned there, you know, the Trump White House was expecting and even talking about the fact that this investigation might have been wrapped up by the holidays at the end of last year, hoping it might be wrapped up in the beginning months of this year. But as we're seeing with this New York Times reporting, saying that Robert Mueller's team has subpoenaed the Trump Organization, this investigation is still extremely wide-ranging. And what's interesting as well is the fact that the president talked back in July to the New York Times when he had that interview about Robert Mueller potentially crossing what he called a red line. If Mueller's team uh, delved into the finances of the Trump Organization or Trump family business dealings. And of course, that's exactly what's happening right here. These subpoenas going in depth to the Trump Organization, whether or not they may have had any financial dealings with Russia. Of course, the president has repeatedly said that he had no financial dealings with Russia. But as we have reported in previous months, of course, there were, were those emails that were uh, from Michael Cohen, the longtime lawyer for the Trump Organization. He hasn't gone to the White House, but it did talk about a possible deal deal for Trump Tower in Moscow, some licensing perhaps. We know it didn't go through, but those communications existed. We know that Michael Cohen had corresponded with a spokesman for Russian President Vladimir Putin. So all of these details that have been sort of drummed up over the past few months, now it appears that Mueller's team wants the exact details by subpoenaing the Trump Organization itself, and of course that going directly to President Trump and his family's business ventures. Anna? Right, Jeff, talking more about family and financial right. dealings. This comes weeks after Jared Kushner's business dealings have been under the microscope as well. No question at all. And that is something, of course, we, you know, as we look at back at a timeline, that uh, June 2016 meeting in Trump Tower that Jared Kushner was one of the people who helped organize. We know that that is still the subject of inquiry uh, from investigators. But as Jessica was saying there about the a red line. This is something that is very key here at this moment. If the president believes that Bob Mueller and his special counsel team are crossing what the president sees as a red line into other areas of the investigation, even though Bob Mueller has a broad mandate to um, essentially follow this as it goes, this could play into something we've been seeing all week here in Washington. The president has been in a firing mood. 
He fired his secretary of state just uh, earlier this week. And of course, we know uh, well that uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions is on the outs with the president. The question here will be, does something like this, does a subpoena of business records like this push the president, uh, encourage him to take that step that many advisors have urged him not to do and fire the attorney general? Of course, that would set a wave of, uh, of things into motion here. Uh, would an acting attorney general uh, potentially uh, try and fire the special counsel? Again, uh, too early to say that, but as we play this down the line, all of these are interconnected here with the president's mood, with what he's thinking. And this revelation today will certainly be um, you know, some more uh, fodder for as he decides what, if any, staff changes to make. Of course, Sarah Sanders will be asked about this, I imagine, as right. uh, she approaches the podium there at the White House press briefing, expected to happen sometime around 2.30. Uh, we'll, of course, stay on top of the timeline on that front. But meantime, uh, Jessica, let me ask you about this issue of a subpoena for these documents. He didn't have to subpoena the, the lawyers or the Trump organization or any individual. He could simply ask them for that. Um, does that suggest that they were having trouble getting documents? or getting the information that they may have previously requested? Well, you're exactly right, Anna. That does present a bit of a wrinkle in this. The fact that Mueller's team seemed to have gone directly to issuing these subpoenas to the Trump Organization. I believe that the New York Times talked about it wasn't clear why Mueller's team issued these subpoenas instead of going directly to the Trump Organization. But it is possible, given the president's previous comments, that he wanted Mueller to stay far away from his family's finances, from the Trump Organization itself. It's quite possible that Mueller's team went directly to subpoenas because they were anticipating that there might not be any cooperation from the Trump organization. But yes, that is an important note as well, that these subpoenas were issued, um, and it's not clear if the Trump organization was just asked for the documents. Of course, the subpoenas being a very strong step, if you don't comply with these subpoenas, you could be found in contempt of court. So these are high-stakes subpoenas for Mueller's team that presumably now the Trump organization has to fully comply with. And of course, that will be the next step with those looming questions there, Anna. And Anna, it certainly, comes, oh, it, it, it certainly comes on a day when the administration is actually taking its toughest action yet with those sanctions. But this uh, certainly raises the question. We know that uh, Bob Mueller has uh, financial experts on his uh, special counsel uh, team. Mm -hmm. Steve Bannon, of course, the former chief strategist here, has said he believes this is all about uh, finances finances potentially money laundering so that is what we are talking about here not election meddling necessarily but finances so this is all coming on a day when the president is actually doing more than he has before on russia but clearly uh it's a sign that this investigation is uh broadened way way beyond that and, Jeff Jeff's Jeff's and jessica schneider i yeah. gotta squeeze in a quick break okay. guys but stand by we're gonna have more legal analysis of all of this next a major development in the russia investigation you're watching cnn i'm on a Stay. Are you going to talk to I'm looking forward to it, actually. You want to? Do you have a date yeah, set? Yeah, start. Just you like I said, there's Mr. been no collusion whatsoever. There's no obstruction whatsoever. And I'm looking forward to it. The day Donald Trump talks to special counsel Robert Mueller may be drawing closer. But if Team Trump has its way, that day might come with some strings attached. Sources familiar with the matter tell the Wall Street Journal that Trump's lawyers may try to make a deal with Mueller. Commit to a deadline to wrap up the parts of the Russia probe that relate to Trump in exchange for a sit-down interview with the president.
They may also ask Mueller to limit the scope of his questioning. Trump's attorney calls the journal story totally false. Paul Butler's back with me. And joining me now, criminal defense attorney Seema Iyer and former Watergate prosecutor Nick Ackerman. Nick, I'll ask you, would such a deal ever fly? Not even close. <laughs> not, Everyone's laughing. Not in your dreams. Not even close. Not no. in a million years. There's no way a prosecutor would ever agree to say, okay, you come in, and 10 days later we're going to drop this whole thing. Yeah. That's not going to happen. The way this works is evidence comes out as the investigation continues. Yeah. Most significantly, you've got Manafort under indictment in two cases where they're hoping to get him a good 15 20 year sentence and then force him to testify so nothing's going to happen any too soon yeah and so, you know you've been a prosecutor and a defense lawyer yes, you know that yes i can see them making the request that ain't gonna happen right no it's not going to happen but everybody has to understand what are they supposed to do trump's team has to delay the interview of trump and put as many obstacles in the path that are legally justifiable sure and this being one of them yeah. at least make the motion and the reason they've got to be afraid paul is that donald trump is in a sticky situation first of all he's known to lie yes. all right he's a, he's a known serial liar <laughs> yeah. but he also apparently <laughs> Apparently has said some things that they could ask other people about that could put him in jeopardy of potential obstruction. The New York Times reporting uh, that uh, Mr. Porter, Rob Porter, who was recently let go because he was beating his, his former wife, um, told Don McGahn, who is the well, Don McGahn, who is the White House counsel, that the president wanted him to release a statement saying that the story that McGahn was asked to fire Mueller was not true. Uh, Mr. Porter, who resigned last month amid a domestic abuse scandal, told Mr. McGahn that the president had suggested that he might get rid of McGahn if he chose not to challenge the article. So, problems. Yeah, so not only would Mueller not agree to a meeting with uh, the president under those terms, the president's lawyers would never let him go in because he would be walking into a path of self-destruction. Among right. other things, he could be asked about, why did you try to shade the testimony of the White House counsel. Why did you try to create a false narrative mm -hmm. about what happened? So if you look technically, that's not witness intimidation. Yeah. But what it is is more evidence of obstruction of justice. Yeah. Or the but consciousness of witness guilt. tampering. Yeah. And witness tampering is an extremely serious crime. It carries 15 years in prison. But you don't think we're there yet. We're not at witness well, tampering well, let me, yet. Well, let me see. Let's see. Okay, okay. Here, here, I'm going to give this one to you, Seema. Uh, this is also according to the New York Times. According to the New York Times, the president had said that he never ordered Donald McGahn to fire the special counsel. But Mr. McGahn replied to Trump that he was wrong and that he had, in fact, asked Mr. McGahn in June to call the deputy attorney general, Rod Rosenstein, and tell him the special counsel had a series of conflicts that disqualified him from overseeing the investigation and that he had to be dismissed. So McGahn told, uh, Trump told McGahn that he didn't remember the discussion that way. So if McGahn is admitting, and it's out in the New York Times, right. that Trump was trying to get him to make up a fake story right. and trying to pressure him to fire the special counsel, are we not at at least what looks to us like obstruction? We are close to consciousness of guilt, maybe, or witness tampering, but mm -hmm. the catch-all savior phrase is, I don't recall. So if you have McGahn saying, oh, he ordered me to do this, yeah. but you have Trump saying, I don't recall, yeah. then we're not at least at either witness tampering yet or okay. obstruction well, of justice. Well, let me just say, I don't recall is a word that was used throughout Watergate. I'd say <laughs> it was la at least a half a dozen people who were convicted of perjury yeah. based on the phrase... And I, I don't, don't recall. recall. Okay, I want to prevent this meeting. That's what they want for the meeting, right? He's exactly. in a no-win situation. All right, let's talk about collusion. Let's go back to collusion. Your favorite thing, too. All right, so we're going to go <laughs> to Sam Nunberg. Thing. Your favorite, well, our favorite thing that we yeah. like to talk about because we think it's it's 
getting closer to it. We want to see if you agree. Okay. The idea of collusion, Sam Nunberg, who's known Donald Trump a really long time, he's one of the longest right. serving Trump aides. He was fired from the campaign and now is talking, all kinds of talking. This is uh, Nunberg with uh, Julia Borger of CNN talking about uh, what investigators, now he's been now to talk to the investigators and what they think about collusion. Take a listen. Yeah, they think that Roger colluded with Julian Assange. I can tell you Roger did not collude with Julian Assange. So they think, and, and why do you believe they think he colluded with Julian Assange? Because he was communicating? Because they flat out asked me about it. Sorry, uh, Gloria, I meant Gloria Porter. Okay, so Goodbye. I watched that. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the deal. If Roger Stone was colluding with Julian Assange and uh, interfered in the election, that's yeah. one issue. But there still needs to be the dot that is connected between Donald Trump knowing, having that corrupt intent, right. and also being connected to Julian Assange, who interfered in the election process. We know the Russians interfered in the election process. Right. We know WikiLeaks did. But Roger Stone has still no, we distanced know that, himself. We know that Even now Nunberg he's distanced himself. Roger Stone's boy. We know that Roger Stone is President Trump's boy. Who and so the question is, the if campaign. Trump was involved yeah. in the strategic release of the emails, mm -hmm. Stone is talking he, to WikiLeaks about the emails. I mean, we can put two and together. Roger Stone would protect him. That's the thing that people don't understand. If they're both pretending that they're not friends with each other and that yeah. he was fired to get this together, then Roger Stone would protect Donald they be Trump. Wouldn't he be purging himself? Of course. No, okay. Nobody's going to say that. that. Okay, the right crime now. Right. The crime is a conspiracy to violate the federal hacking statute, the object yes. of which was to get Donald Trump elected president by right. using the emails from the DNC. Mm -hmm. The quid pro quo was the dropping of Russian sanctions. Mm -hmm. So the question is, did Donald Trump join that conspiracy? Right. Did Roger Stone join it when he had conversations with people from WikiLeaks yeah. and from Guccifer 2.0. But also, did uh, Donald Trump, was he aware that people in his campaign were willing to trade dirt on Hillary Clinton, right? Which right. could be considered a material benefit right. of the campaign. All right, here is Sam Nunberg again, uh, and this is on CNN, on whether Donald Trump knew about the Trump Tower meeting his son and son-in-law participated in. Do you think that uh, Donald Trump says that President Trump says he knew nothing about the meeting? Do you, do you think that that's true? No. You don't think that's true? No, you know it's not true. He, he talked about it a week before, and I don't know why he did this. All he had to say was, yeah, we met with the Russians. The Russians offered us something, and we thought they had something, and that was it. I don't know why he went around trying to hide it. See, but if he knew okay. about the Trump Tower meeting, no, it's, a problem. It's, it's a problem. But my point is that everybody's being very smart to protect Donald Trump from being connected to the evidence. And that's what it looks like is happening now, whether it's Roger Stone or Don yeah, Jr. But Donald Trump connects Matt himself or, to the evidence. You, no, don't, you no, don't try no, to protect he, innocent he, people. He They're was, trying to protect him. There would be an indictment now. If he was connected, there would be indictment. No, there no, there wouldn't be an indictment now. No, I think Mueller's still putting this together. You have Trump saying on June 7th after the New Jersey primary that he was going to release all of oh, this dirt on the right. really the following week. Would you really say that if it was Trump true? Trump might. Well, here, right. and Roger, because by the way, Roger Stone. Because he wasn't involved.
Roger Stone responded to Sam Nunberg's TV interviews. He put up a Facebook post in which he said, I did confirm through a source that WikiLeaks really had material on Hillary and would publish it after Assange said in a, so an interview. It would be an incredible set of coincidences if Roger Stone, who arranged Donald Trump's full screen, a full page ad yes. in 1987, yes. saying he should take over negotiations with Russia on nukes, right. the guy who, uh, who is partners with Manafort, who says he had foreknowledge that WikiLeaks was going to dump dirt on Trump. Trump says, Russia, if you're listening, dump this dirt and I'm going to make an announcement. Andrew in the wow. campaign, 145. Yep. That's totally Trump true. Sends 145 that is totally true. Shout outs to one at a time now. Because it hasn't happened yet. This. Right. WikiLeaks and Guccifer 2.0. That's when all of this comes out. And it all comes out in that first, that June time period between June 4th, when they first learn about bringing the dirt to Trump Tower, the right. June 9th meeting, and then right through to, oh, mid-June, when these emails start to be written. Okay, well, lightning round. wasn't there. Okay, lightning round. It, and we're going to have everybody put on their prosecutor hat now. Who would be the next person that you would indict in order to get to the truth? Kushner. Don Jr. Kushner. He's got the keys to the castle. Sorry, Jared. <laughs> Paul Butler and Seema Iyer and Nick Ackerman. This is one of my favorite panels. I love having these guys on. Thank you guys so much. And coming up in our next hour, Marion Hammer. Thank you. Alrighty, uh, uh, there's some news here. It's like, <laughs> I'm thinking about something else. Something else popped up in my head, and I can't really um, say what that is right now because I'm. I want to focus on Don Jr. Don Jr. is getting a divorce. Donald Trump Jr. is getting uh, his wife filed for divorce, 
And that's that's um, that's big news because you know a lot of people are thinking that she's filing for a divorce, but soon later she's going to present evidence against him in helping his father uh, win the presidency by trying to get dirt on Hillary Clinton. So she just might might turn the tables on him. But you know, every time I see a picture of Don Jr. and his wife, I believe her name is Vanessa. She looks so unhappy. She is the most unhappiest person in the world. She looks so unhappy. She looks like she is just, she wants to really get out of this. And and it seems like she's going to do it. She's going to divorce them. They look to me, as one of the things is, they look to me, As a couple that has no compatibility, they don't have anything in common, and he looks like a fool while she looks like somebody with some intelligence. You know, so I can see maybe he's not that good in the good in bed. Who knows what the excuse is? But he uh, he will be divorcing. I'm, I'm pretty sure that Donald Trump Sr. is livid. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's calling her and saying, don't do this. And uh, he's probably saying, Trump Jr. is probably telling his wife, don't divorce me or whatever. And she, I don't know, maybe they're going to try and change their mind. But I do know that Trump Sr. probably, maybe will try to pay her off uh, to keep her from divorcing his son, because that will just make him look worse in the public eye. You know, I'm pretty sure. That because, and also, it seems like something that Trump would do. <laughs> it seems like something he would do because, you know, I mean, he has a lot of money. I'm pretty sure he's been paying off a lot of those women uh, who have been accusing him of uh, sexual misconduct. And uh, you, you can't really uh, dismiss Stormy Daniels, whose real name is Stephanie Clifford. Uh, she wants to give back her the one hundred and thirty thousand dollars her lawyer paid trump's lawyer paid her to be quiet this is i don't know uh, this mess with trump i mean you could do a television series on this or you can write a book (laughs) you can't just write one book you'd have to write three or four sequels um (laughs) you'd have to write a series of books on this this is and there is probably so much we don't know, so much we think we know about the Trump administration and all the garbage. Uh, there's things that are happening in the back in the back rooms, you know, under the table that we don't know about that we can't see and we can't hear. The press is not reporting on it because they can't get back there because Trump, you know, he every now and then the Republicans, the thug Republicans. Uh, lock the press out. But this, um, it's going to be a movie that I think there's something on cable already called Cartoon President. I never saw it and I never want to see it. But I think Cartoon President is is a good description of Donald Trump. Uh, he's more like a fake president because there's no, there's no, there's plenty of proof that Russia meddled in the 
2016 election that sent votes Trump way, sent votes his way. There's no doubt about that. So he's a fake president. He was put he was put in by Russia. Uh, and there's no doubt about that. You cannot really uh, not believe your own intelligence agencies when they're coming up with what's nothing but proof. You see people going on these Sunday shows every every Sunday and you watch cable news and everybody is saying, yeah, yeah, everybody's on the same page. Yeah, you got uh, p- people who are um, professional and experienced at these kind of kinds of things. And they're saying all the time that, yeah, Russia meddled in the election and that sent votes Trump's way. Trump and his administration, they're denying it. And you wonder, uh, how in the hell can they deny this? Trump has no experience whatsoever with government agencies or even being president or being in uh, office in general. He has what makes him say that he's not a lawyer. It, and I'm pretty sure a lot of the a lot of his lawyers are um, are giving him all kinds of information, feeding him with all kinds of information, feeding him stuff to say, telling him what to say because he doesn't know. Uh, but still, in, but still, in all, because he has lawyers, uh, that doesn't mean that the other side can't get lawyers too. You know, Trump Trump thinks he has a monopoly on lawyers. He doesn't, because a lot of these lawyers are just as crooked, low down, and just as as much as just as much liar as he is they can go to jail they can go to jail also for uh contempt of court they are just people with law degrees you know that's all they are they can be wrong uh there are so many lawyers out here today who have clients that they know are guilty and they get them off they get them off they get guilty clients off and this is probably what trump is hoping that he's guilty and his lawyer is going to try and keep him out of jail. But with this Mueller's, uh, with, however, excuse me, but however, with this Robert Mueller's subpoena of the Trump organization, this tells America and the whole world that this investigation is not over. It's not over. It's nowhere near being over as the Republicans try to make America think so. Because the Republicans ended their investigation of Donald Trump and said that he did nothing wrong. Robert Mueller, the special counsel, counsel is saying, oh, yes, he has. And his investigation remains open. While the Republicans are, 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 uh, are basically they're aiding and abetting and trying to protect Trump, keep him out of jail or to keep his job. And I've said so many times, I don't think Trump should be impeached. I really don't think he should be impeached. I think he should go straight to prison. Go straight to prison. Don't even stop. Walk out of that White House uh, with the police, with the FBI, handcuffed, and taken straight to jail. He shouldn't even be allowed a phone call for what the things he's done to uh, America. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show at 6.52 p.m. And it's still light outside in the city of Chicago. It's still daylight, but it's getting dark. And it's only daylight because of uh, daylight savings time. I've said this so many times. I wish they would scrap daylight savings time and let the days just be longer and longer and longer and longer. Who doesn't want, who doesn't want more sunshine in their day? I know. <laughs> I know I do. I know I do. Okay.
Jr. of the George Wilder Jr. Show. <laughs> I want you to enjoy my fictional writings located on Amazon and elsewhere. Uh, the website is www.amazon.com slash author Wilder or go to the Amazon website and type my name in the text bar above to either order or download a book, a story, essays, novels, novelettes, whatever you want to do. And I want to thank Beautiful you very story. much for that. And as always, good reading. This is George Wilder Jr. And keep listening. There's always yeah, more. Yeah, keep to listening, come. everybody. There's right, always you, something everybody. great coming. All right. Bye, George. <laughs> the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. It is all about making the world a better place. Join me.
Trump's been trying to figure out how to explain to the public why he doesn't care about dead U.S. soldiers. And his explanations are getting even more bizarre than they were at the beginning. Uh, in case you hadn't really been following the story or were not aware of what was going on, um, the bodies of four U.S. soldiers who were killed in an ambush attack in Niger recently returned to the United States this weekend. Rather than be there as these bodies uh, were, were delivered back to the United States, Donald Trump was out golfing. And so immediately, and, and rightfully so, Donald Trump uh, took a lot of heat for not being there uh, as past presidents had done. It, it's a very standard, typical thing. It's neither Republican nor Democrat. It's just what a good leader and decent human being does in this particular situation. Donald Trump thought his time would be better served playing golf. So, again, Donald Trump got a lot of heat for this. So his initial response was, hey, listen, I've done more for the families of fallen U.S. soldiers than any president in history. Ask Obama, you know, what he did. Trying to somehow say that other presidents did not do the things that they are well documented as doing. Uh, there's photographic evidence. There's video evidence. There's statements made. Uh, one particular thing Trump Donald Trump decided to throw that. out after that <laughs> excuse didn't damn. work was saying that Barack Obama never called uh, General John Kelly, Donald Trump's chief of staff, after his son was killed in action. Well, that also turns out to be not true. And in fact, uh, Obama hosted General Kelly at a Gold Star uh, family's breakfast. So, yes, Obama did uh, speak with General Kelly about his son's death. Donald Trump's lying in this situation is not only a little bit more bizarre than usual, but it's also very easy, easy to verify as false. His lies are getting out of control. His ignorance and his arrogance is getting out of control. And what worries me, what really has me concerned at this point, is that this kind of behavior from Trump is becoming normalized. You know, the headlines from the, the corporate media are saying, oh, you know, Donald Trump, you know, bends the truth. Donald Trump uh, falsely states, just friggin' say that Donald Trump lied. I, I'm tired of this dancing around the language, dancing around the issue. The man is mentally yeah, me unstable. Too. He is I a totally pathological agree. A liar. Do that. He has a, a, a very severe problem with Donald telling Trump the truth. And especially in this particular situation when we're talking about United States soldiers uh, that were killed overseas, probably, you know, if I'm going to have to say there's only one time where you can't lie, probably going to be about dead U.S. soldiers because that's, you know, about the height of disrespect, the same kind of disrespect that you're accusing NFL people of having towards the United States. I can't think of anything more disrespectful than not showing up as part of your job to receive these bodies yeah, and then lying Donald about Trump it and undermining and convincing the public that past presidents were just as callous and weak. Yeah. What is happening here? I am Jesse Dollamore with Statesmith.com. All right, go, Jesse. Yesterday, Donald Trump hosted the president of Sweden at the White House. And as is tradition, they answered a couple of questions each from the media in the East Room. 
There was one answer, if that's what we're going to call it from Donald Trump, which was very problematic, and it isn't being covered enough. Donald Trump was asked by a Swedish journalist about what he thinks Sweden should learn from how the Russian influence campaign affected the presidential election in the United States. Well, he begins to answer, and then, after he doesn't commit to Russia 100% interfering in our election, and even raises questions about who else may have been the culprit, he clumsily pivots off the topic of Russian interference and onto how well he thinks the Republicans are going to do in November. Watch. What do you think Sweden should learn from how the Russian influence campaign affected the presidential election in the U.S.? Well, the Russians had no impact on our votes whatsoever, uh, but certainly there was meddling and probably there was meddling from other countries and maybe other individuals. And I think you have to be uh, really watching very closely. You don't want your system of votes to be compromised in any way. And we won't allow that to happen. We're doing a very, very deep study and we're coming out with some, I think, very strong suggestions on the 18 election. I think we're going to do very well in the 18 election, although historically those in the White House have a little bit of a dip. But I think we're going to do well because the economy is so good and because we're protecting our job like our jobs are being protected finally, like with what we're doing with the tariffs. But the big thing would be the tax cut and the regulations cuts. Uh, Also the judges. I mean, we have outstanding judges. Judge Gorsuch in the Supreme Court and many, many judges going onto the bench all over the country. So I think we're going to do very well. you don't know. And I think it'll be a tremendous surprise to people how well it's... uh, The economy is so good. Jobs are so good. Black unemployment, Hispanic unemployment at all-time lows. I mean, we're really really doing well. So based on that, I guess we should do pretty well, and I hope so. But you have to be very vigilant. And one of the things we're learning is it's always good. It's old-fashioned, but it's always good to have a paper backup system of voting. It's called paper, not highly complex computers, paper. And a lot of states are doing that. They're going to a paper backup, and I think that's a great idea. But we're studying it very closely. Various agencies, including Homeland Security, are studying it very carefully. Worried about Russia trying to meddle in the midterm elections? No, because we'll counteract whatever they do. We'll counteract it very strongly. And we are having strong backup systems. And we've been working, actually, uh, we haven't been given credit for this, but we've actually been working very hard on the 18 election and the 20 election coming up. Thank you very much. So, again, a man who at this point in time, after all the evidence we've seen, refuses to admit that Russia meddled in the 2016 presidential election. He's either complicit or an imbecile. A man who works this hard to take the heat off Russia by bringing up other possible culprits with zero evidence or specificity is either involved or a moron. A man who so sloppily and brazenly on the world stage avoids questions of Russia's verified involvement in election interference, is either guilty as hell or stunningly stupid. And the most alarming part of this is the fact that while he's yammering on about it's called paper ballots, the Russians are gearing up and actively threatening another attack on our free and fair elections in November. And what has Donald Trump done to protect our electoral system? 
nothing. The head of the NSA, Admiral Mike Rogers, said that exact same thing the other day in testimony on Capitol Hill. Is Russia attempting to achieve a strategic objective by influencing U.S. public opinion on elections? Yes, sir. I believe they're attempting to undermine our institutions. Now, aside from our intelligence agencies operating under a presidential finding, are there any other organizations other than the Cyber Command Cyber Mission Forces that have the authority and capability to disrupt Russian election hacking operations where they originate? Uh, does the FBI, DHS, or the states, the private sector have such authorities or capabilities? You could argue probably only that, the, again, that there's a legal aspect to this that I'm not the most qualified, but probably you'd argue some combination of DOD, DOJ have the standing authority in that regard. But the mission teams, particularly at the origin of these attacks, have the authority to do so. If granted the authority, and I don't have the day-to-day authority to do that, if granted the authority. So you would need basically to be directed by the president through the secretary of defense. Yes, sir. As I, in fact, I mentioned that. In my... Have you been directed to do so, given the strategic threat that faces the United States and the significant consequences you recognize already? No, I have not. But if I could flesh this out, I'll, I'll say something in an open unclassified. I'd be glad to go into more details. Yes, sir. Have you ever been asked by the president to do something as director of the National Security Agency to stop Russia in their ongoing attempts to interfere in our free and fair elections? No, I have not. Is Donald Trump a double agent or an unwitting accomplice? Or does Vladimir Putin have so much leverage over him that he is pulling the strings from Moscow? What is happening here? Look, this isn't the only giant red flag that Donald Trump is actively avoiding doing anything to counter the very real threat posed by the Russian government against the very existence of our precious democracy. The State Department is headed by Vladimir Putin's longtime friend Rex Tillerson, and the Department of State was granted $120 million for use specifically in the fight against Russian election meddling. One hundred and twenty million dollars and they have spent zero 120 mil and they haven't spent a single dollar what is going on here there must be some alarm bells ringing on capitol hill somewhere in washington dc donald trump is a clear and present enemy to the united states of america and a clear ally to vladimir putin and his team of russian oligarchs who funded and orchestrated this attack against us. Look, November is only a ways away, and it is time to mobilize and sweep these un-American Republicans out of their seats and put in candidates who will do something to safeguard our elections, who will do something to safeguard our country, candidates who will ensure we leave a system of free and fair elections to our children and their children. Thank you. who's given a full account of what the president said yesterday, is the one Democrat who was president, who was president, Illinois Senator Dick Durbin. Love and affection 
Wow. New York, just like I pictured it. Skyscraper and everything. Hey, hey, brother. Hey, come here, Flick. The jury of your peers having found you guilty. Ten years. Come on, come on, get in that cell, nigga. we've made, it is no surprise that so many of us are utterly devastated by the election of Donald Trump. I have been very clear about my opposition to this president. And everyone knows what I believe. I believe he is one of the most dishonorable, deceitful, and despicable people ever to hold public office. Has undermined the rule of law. He has isolated the United States allies. He has decimated our country's standing and leadership around the world. He has empowered yep. and emboldened white nationalists, racist criminals, and con men just like himself. He flew to Puerto Rico after the island was ravaged by a hurricane, insulted San Juan's mayor, and proceeded to throw paper towels at our fellow Americans who are to this day still trying to recover from that storm. 
He endorsed a pedophile that ran by the United States Senate and defended wife beaters on his White House staff. This man lies on a daily basis. And for all of the people and institutions he has insulted over the last two years, the only person he will not offend or criticize is Vladimir Putin, a brutal dictator who does not share our nation's interests around the world. Of course, none of this should surprise any of us because Donald Trump revealed and showed us who he is and what he was all about throughout his campaign. You may have heard that Donald Trump recently attacked me at the Grand Island Club dinner last week. And people are asking me, oh my goodness, what do you think about that? Well, I tell you what I think about it. I certainly expected him to do something like that. I don't know why it took him so long. Don't forget. This man who's disparaging me has been called stupid, ignorant, uninformed, unhinged, and a moron by his own staff and appointees. And so he had the nerve to attack me. I'm in this fight. I am not going to back down. And I believe that all of us deserve better than Donald Trump. I believe this country deserves better than Donald Trump. I wanted everyone to know that they had a right to be angry about the election of Trump, that this president is not normal, but that all is not lost, because each of us has the power to set this country back on track. I feel very confident and hopeful about the future because I know there's so many people here tonight and in cities and towns across the United States who are about to reclaim their time and reclaim this country. So, we are counting on all of you to show up during the 2018 midterms and vote for people who will restore this democracy and uphold everything that we have fought for to advance the LGBTQ equality. And ladies and gentlemen, again, I keep bringing up Mueller's name because I have so much faith in him. I like the work that he's doing. I think he's going to get him. And if for some reason he's not able to get him, I'm counting on Stormy to do it. He's talking about Stormy Daniels, uh, a porn star that Trump's lawyer paid $130,000 to to um, not say anything, to not say anything, to shut up money, be quiet money. <laughs> All right, Miami, there's a Miami nightmare uh, trapped under a bridge. So I'm looking at a photograph here on the internet here, folks, and uh, a bridge collapsed in Miami. Uh, it, uh, it's a haunting photograph. This bridge, cra- I, you can see cars uh, trapped under the bridge. Some of the cars are uh, smashed in because the bridge fell on top of the cars. You may have heard about this. It's a n- Miami nightmare trapped under a bridge. And I'm hearing that there's 
six to ten people were killed. And I'm also understanding that the bridge was recently built. And um, the company that built this bridge that collapsed, they've had other uh, complaints against them. Okay, it says here, I'm, I'm reading now, folks, a pedestrian bridge collapsed in Miami, trapping people underneath. Police say there may be six fatalities as a result of the collapse along Florida International University campus. Multiple cars and people were trapped under a newly constructed bridge. It was, it was just built, just put there. At Miami's Florida International, okay, saying it again, university after it collapsed. Okay, police on the scene said there were uh, at least six fatalities, I mean, six people uh, perished, six people died. Ten victims have been transported to Kendall Regional Medical Center. Miami-Dade Homicide Buell is heading. Uh, that's the um, police, FBI, is leading an investigation into the collapse. Okay, newly erected pedestrian bridge collapsed across a multiple lane, um, and there's video of it uh, on Thursday afternoon, trapping cars and people underneath. The 950-ton bridge, 950 tons, wow, built to provide a safer crossing for students at the Florida International University, collapsed around 1.30 p.m., and there are multiple victims. Wow. The press conference, the city... Uh, Kendall's Regional Medical Center said it had received 10 patients that two were in critical condition. The patients were between 20 and 50 years old. Miami-Dade Fire Rescue said that eight victims were, were trapped under the collapse were continuing, are continuing uh, to search for more victims. The problem here is that the bridge was newly built Obviously, you can say they did a shoddy job. They did a shoddy job with this bridge because it collapsed, killing people. It collapsed on top of people. It collapsed on top of cars, smashing people. And there have been many, many complaints about the company who erected this bridge, the people who built it, who worked on it. Now, that tells me. If this was a faulty bridge, they didn't put it up properly. I mean, it just fell down on top of people. Well, then you know that a lot of people are going to be suing. And they are going to have a credible case. A lot of people are going to be suing. And and I really can't blame them. You know, I mean, uh, because this company, as I've said before, they've had other complaints about this. There may have been other bridges that they constructed that collapsed on top of on top of people, but this is this is uh, nothing new to for this company. I'm understanding, but uh, I want to give my condolences to all those folks out there who perished in this senselessly, who died senselessly because uh, to uh, solder or cement something tighter. I don't know. I'm not there, but I do know there's carnage all over the place because uh, this company, whatever, whoever this company were, I'm pretty sure it's going to be in the news uh, who the company 
uh, what company was uh, uh, empowered to uh, build this uh, bridge and who hired them and their records on, on this and that. And, you know, it's going to be a lot of mess. Uh, I want to give my condolences to all the folks out there who um, perished in this. And my condolences goes to their families from the George Wilder Jr. show, Miami, bridge collapse. Yeah, it seems like uh, life taken away senselessly. You know, it, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. It's just one catastrophe after another in America. But we're going to try our best to, to <laughs> continue to try to make the world a better place. Because this is America. This is our home. This is where we live. And this is the place we're going to protect against anyone. Anyone. Uh, 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 Donald Trump, the crooked Republicans in Congress. Uh, we're going to vote them out. And, you know, I do feel as if there's a blue wave coming because Democrats are just taking out Republicans in every race, whether it's a small race, a big race, uh, uh, wherever it is, you know, state house, uh, uh, Democrats are doing it. And the Republicans are quaking in their boots because they're wondering if they're going to have a job after November Um uh, November 6, 2018. I can tell you now, a lot of them won't. Heaven help the child who never had a home. Heaven help the girl who walks the streets alone Heaven help the roses if the bombs begin to fall Heaven help the black man if he struggles one more day Heaven help the white man if he turns back away
talking about i want to say have a great evening have a great weekend and enjoy everybody make sure you tune in next week we're going to have some great guests on the show um bye-bye i think Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.